else could I read? What else could I pull up? Just searching for a station. Just <laughs> <laughs> got a shopping station, no. <laughs> Christian evangelical, no. <laughs> <laughs> Russian parliamentary transcriptions, no. Alright, here we go. I'm going to keep reading. Do you mind? It will inspire me. Not saying you don't inspire me, but it will. Where was I? So I'll start with this the point where it is enough that one surrender oneself. Surrender is to give oneself up. Now, when you give oneself up, that's not giving you up. Yeah? You're giving over what you're not. You're turning that over. If you have that tendency of mind that it works, it works. Yeah? So you turn yourself over as the simple statement would be, thy will be done, basically. So if you have trouble or there seems to be a lot of guilt and shame around what you've omitted or committed in one's life, this may be the best way to sort of get relief from that is through surrendering that over to the care of a power greater than self not a power greater than you because you are that power but a power greater than self so it's sort of like you can't meet yourself where you are yet so you create this little intermediary of a higher power so that you can surrender to and then after it happens you realize it was you all along but at the point where you're at, you may not be able to entertain. You could possibly be what you're looking for, so you have like an idea about what it is or whatever, and then you surrender to that. And then you just look at how it goes for a while, and it tends to see, I found I'm not managerial quality. Yeah? So when I attempt to manage my life, I always manage myself into a position of having been managed by other people. That's what happened to me. I was institutionalized or jailed many times, yeah? So, when I was out there managing my own life, I'd always manage myself to the point where other people had to manage me. Yeah. Now, AA allowed me to become a free-range alcoholic. I got freed from that dilemma of constantly parking at institution jails and death, you know what I mean? And with a lot of parking tickets on the window, <laughs> institution jails and death, and then something happened that no human power could do, I started to be able to live a day at a time for like 28 years without having to be supervised. So this is sort of what the idea of surrender is. So a lot of people who, have a, who have an addiction, and there is the mental state's addiction to the idea of being a self. To me, that's the primary addiction. What I think alcoholism is, is really... It's an adjunct or an addition to self-centeredness, and it just amplifies it. So it takes like an acoustic guitar, and it makes it electric. 
Yeah? So let's say if you have tendencies to be jealous, then you drink and use, you're up on stalking charges in a few months. Yes? Things get amplified. All those possibilities that seem to be somewhat there but not too troublesome become very, very evident and very, very troublesome. Because in a way, what I find this event is of being seemingly a body, a lot of mental winds come around and they were, they're wanting to make a note and they have to blow through a flute. So they blow through this body and we all have our little, the whole placements are a little distance. So the one breath, this one mental breath finds a lot of expression through the different flutes it blows through. So when you see greed, like you've ever seen the Tibetan, uh, it's a teaching aid, it's a, a mandala of the wheel of life. So you have, and there's something holding it, which is the, the deity of death, the Yama. So there's death's holding this whole wheel of life, and it'll tell you sort of how things go here. Yeah, there's the there's the identification as the body. The body gets an, a, like an arrow in its eye. It can't really see what's going on, and all this stuff happens. And in the inner part of the whole thing, there's three animals. Usually, there's a, 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 a rooster, a pig, and maybe a snake. And I think they represent envy, malice, and greed. So envy, malice, and greed are three major mental winds that blow here in this manifestation. So you see a lot of greed, but then we tend to put it on the person, but the person is just a vehicle. Well, that person is not greedy. There's greed moving through that person, in a sense. Yeah, because there is no person. So greed comes through finds its expression and it has the perfect hiding the perfect hiding place right out in the open because because we're identified as self, whatever comes through us we think it's us. Yeah? Whatever motivates your behavior, you think it was your behavior. Even like in recovery, we have a first step in recovery that this is the one you have to do perfectly, which is you admit that you are powerless over alcohol, drugs, or let's say sex or shopping, whatever it may be. You admit that you are powerless over it. And sort of the idea of powerlessness is like you're dancing with a gorilla and you're going to stop when it wants to stop. Yeah? You're not, you don't really have any say in what's going on. Yeah. This thing has taken you over. To me, alcoholism is like a parasitical movement, mental movement. It takes you over, and it uses you for transportation. And so it expresses its, itself through you, but because the identification in self as self is in place, you claim all of its expressions as yours. Yeah. So when fear, fear is, is affect the way you're perceiving has been hijacked and you're seeing things in a fearful manner, you call it my fear. When it has nothing to do with you. There's no you to have anything to do with. It's just fear finding an opportunity to express. And it finds it through us. Yeah. Greed, the same thing. Malice, the same thing. Hate, the same thing. Love, the same thing. There's all these winds blowing, and they find expression through the flutes that we provide. Yeah. So it's the same breath, but it hits many notes. It gets translated into zillions of different notes. And yet we attribute every other, all the songs to the flute, but the flute has nothing to do with it. The flute is just the conveyance, or the vehicle, Yeah. It's the faculty. It's like what's watering the garden isn't the hose, it's the water. The hose is used to direct the water, 
to direct the water to the plants so that they get fed. But it's not the hose that's watering the plants. Yeah? It's water. Yeah? So that so this description is they're trying to say about what happens here, and these are three of the dominant winds in manifestation, and you look at the world and you can see greed seems to be a huge drive, isn't it? Then there's envy and malice of what we think are different, either different people because of their color of their skin or something like that. And then it just amplifies and magnifies here because there's a lot of space and time to do it in. Yeah. That's what this place is. You have to have space to see something. And you have to have time to see it. So time and space aren't things. They're parts of the dream. Yeah? They're as much as us as anything else. What we are is the dreaming. Time and space aren't real things that are, lay, are lording over in us. How can, you, how can we even possibly entertain that when if you're doing something you like, time seems to go really fast? If you're doing something you don't like, it seems to go really slow. If time was an, was an object and a real object, it would be the same time. But it isn't. It's part and parcel of the dream. There's a great old guy who passed away, Wei Wu Wei. He's a strange old Irish dude. He wrote some very arcane conceptual books, but I thought he's pretty trippy. And he's always talking about time. Yeah. If you don't see the illusionary quality of time, it doesn't... You have to own it, in a way. You have to see it. That time is our making, of our own making. Yes? Time is part and parcel of the dreaming. And you need time to see things. You wouldn't see anything without any time, and you, there would be no thing, there would be no place for a thing to appear but without space. So time and space are prerequisites for the dreaming. They're just as much as the thoughts. They're just as illusory as the thoughts. They're just as illusory as everything. Things are happening, but they're not happening to any specific you. Like someone asked me earlier, do I get angry? And you know, the cliche non-duality answer is, well, there's no me to get angry. It's corny, but in fact, that's the truth. But anger arises... Preferences occur, there's sadness that comes in, there's anxiety, well not much anxiety, there's excitement, there's this and that, but there, it's not issuing forth from anyone, and it's not being had by anyone. It doesn't mean the manifestation goes on quite well without us having anything to do with it, because we have nothing to do with it, except the seeing of it. Yeah? It has to be seen to appear, and we're the only reality there is. We're the only reality. Everything comes into existence through our viewing it. They do the studies in physics where they used to study light at first. So they had a research team and they'd been given a great big grant and their research grant was to see light as particles. What do they see it as? Particles. Then there's another research team. They're paid to see light as waves and they see it as waves. It's almost as, as if the light dances to the observer. Yeah? Because it does. You and I give everything all the meaning it has. There's not choice there. There's no randomness. You and I give everything the meaning it has. 
We believe we're giving the meaning, but we're not. This has been given the meaning. The mind, the, me- the mind, the mental state is offering this meaning to this to the mind, which is, this is you, bro. You're the body. And you know what? I know it's so hard to believe, but I'm going to repeat it incessantly. I've got this little thing called a thought system that maybe you're a house painter and you only need like 12 thoughts for the whole day. You're only usually going to be confronted with a ceiling and walls, you know, very easy maybe to think about where to eat and this, or, you know, put the lid on the paint. But you're going to have thousands of thoughts every day, flooding through thousands of them. And they're going to be doing something that you're going to be unaware of. I don't want to tell you, but it's going to be a real beautiful surprise for you. It's going to keep whispering and inferring and implying and assuming and insinuating that there's a you. And you're going to be owning all these thoughts, and you know what's going to happen? Just give it a little time. They're going to own you. (laughs) What? Oh, yeah, I didn't tell you that part. (laughs) I only tell you you're the thinker, but I don't say you're going to be owned by the thoughts. Oh, fuck, I didn't like that deal. I know, it's too late. <laughs> you better have a drink. <laughs> you better watch Die Hard 8 for the fifth time. You better stay, stay busy because I'm going to rip you a new one. <laughs> Every day because I like to. <laughs> and you know what? You're going to want to get out of it so much and you're going to try to think yourself out of it. And I'm going to have a field day. I'm just going to be laughing all the way to the temple. All the way to the meditation retreat. All the way to the purification center. I'm just real. All the, underneath the anointment, I'm going to be laughing. After the ritual's over, I'm going to be laughing. I'll have a stoic, very loving gaze look, but I'm just laughing inside. Because you know what? I'm going to go home and go over it. I'm going to go over how you didn't really stay long enough at that meditation center. <laughs> that, you know, you looked at that girl walk by. You lost your serenity right there and then. I told you then, and I'm telling you now. You know? And you know what? You can't go back. That retreat's not coming back for another year. You know? You stop, bro. I just, uh, I'd say go home, sit in your room and think about it and see what you should do about it. <laughs> Spawn 50 more of me. Come on, just think and think yourself out of thinking. (laughs) There's a giant axiom hanging over. Self can't get out of self. How can a a product of a mental system leave the system that produces it? Wherever you go, there you are. I used to have these things where you'd have like a realization. And the realization, like the lens would open like drastically, like to a bigger aperture. Yeah? You would see more. And so you would see more. And then it would be really, really cool. And then there would be a christening of the event as yours. Yeah? The mental state would say, oh, fuck, I'm really seeing a lot. You know? And then suddenly. There it went, yes? And then another one happens, and then you see that that which was looking isn't you. And wow, I can't believe I'm getting close to my authentic self. That's not it. And then, you know, then what happened, it was revealed about eight times in my life, and then I got it. I got that it was always going to arise in an attempt to claim what isn't its. It's always going to herald that it's the one that's seeing, which it isn't true. 
So I didn't have to go through any more experiences. I got the whole nut of it. Yeah? I saw the whole ocean in that one drop. All you need is one, one little bit of selfing to see the whole theme. You, all you need to do is see one movement of it claiming what it has nothing to do with to know that's its theme. You don't need to have tons of experiences of it. One can do it. One can open your mind. So when something happens, and then that other reaction to it tries to arise, let it arise, but you're not with it. You're still the seeing. You're the still the seeing. You're still the seeing. You're still the seeing. You never become the seer. And that sense that was just here in that room, that's what it's like. Like an infinite pause. An eternal moment. Because seeing, in seeing no thing, it never lands on anything. It just keeps seeing. There's never an end to yourself, to what you are. So it never comes to the end of seeing. There's just seeing. Day in and day out, month in and month out, year in and year out, situation in, situations out, physical conditions in, physical conditions out. Nothing moves it, nothing deters it, nothing makes it blink, nothing has any effect on it whatsoever. You find rest there. You find rest in that incessant movement. That's where the stillness really lies. And what's always moving is perfectly still. What's always moving is perfectly still. You find some rest. I mean, finally, real rest, where it's better than 50 Thai massages. You get, it just, it feels like you drop. Everything looks exactly the same, but it ain't the same. Yeah? You just drop. The whole camera, everything drops. It looks like the same view, but it's different. Yeah? You have now had the sense of being what you are, and then you can see what you're not. And with a little bit of information about how what you're not appears, you'll be able to recognize it easier. You recognize it arise, the first hit, the default mechanism now is I'm not that. Yeah? Before any shenanigans can get any footing, before you are in the fucking mental house bemoaning that you have a long-term lease and the rent's too high and I spent all this money on the furniture, you've seen it in the blueprint room, you didn't go with the plan, and you never were in the house. The solution is prior to the problem. The freedom is prior to the bondage. It's an inherent state, always available at all times, right where you are, with no thing necessary to meet it. You're way past or way before the point of meeting anything. It's in seeing what you're not that that becomes obvious. Looking for it will blind you to it. You'll be so busily looking, and the looking will have to be conceptualized because the mind at that point is already seemingly split. It can't see a fucking thing.
So you see that, and you see that, and you see that, and all of the information about it distills into one thing. I'm not that. Yeah? Whatever that's implying, I'm not that. Whatever that's assuming, I'm not that. Whatever that's inferring, I'm not that. Whatever that's pointing to, I'm not which is what's being pointed at. There's nothing there, and that's what I am. I am the nothing that is always there. Yeah? I pay dues that the body owes. I do this, I do that. But that's called, they're really called, the, it's at the level of non-action, which doesn't mean no action. It means action done without the sense of being a doer of it. It's sort of like spontaneous. It's sort of like nothing planned. It just shows up. It's like you're, wait, you're on a need-to-know basis on a giant dance floor, and you get to know exactly when, to, when you're supposed to lift your foot, and then there's something there when you put it down. So the action does isn't being used to bond you to the idea of being the actor anymore. You don't have to limit your fucking affairs. You don't have to stop. I'm going to do nothing. That's an action. Yeah. <laughs> you follow your seat assignment. You do the mission that's there. Yes. And yet you can continually show. I can continually show up these meetings because I've never shown up. If it was me doing this, I would have found a reason not to come back. I would have collected the money first, but I wouldn't have come back. <laughs> Literally, how could I? How could I come to Toronto? <laughs> so fucking way, I would have decided to come here. <laughs> Shit, I came here on the coldest day of the year. The first time I came to Toronto, I had 364 days, other days to come to Toronto. I come in January for the first set of talks. Who the hell would do that in their right mind? It was the coldest day. The guy had to have a parka for me because my cold jacket wasn't sufficient. And I didn't want to even breathe. It was so cold, it hurt my lung. I was like, I'm refusing to fucking breathe. It's fucking too cold. I swear, you know that first thing? It's like... That's fucking cold. Shit. Who the hell in their right mind would come here in January? <laughs> I wasn't in my right mind. I was in mind. And that was the seed assignment. I showed up and it all works out. That's all my job is. My job basically is to hold the space. That's all it is. Yeah? Just show up and see what happens. It always... It's, so, it's such a love affair when it's like that. It's alive, you know? Because your reliance on it looks very unsure, in a sense, because you're not planning. Like, we don't really, we do not plan these talks. We joke around it, we just don't have it. We don't have a get ready room that I go to two hours before that's full of, like, lil, you know, like lilies with nice scents. And, you know, I get better food than you just got at that market. No. You know? You arrive here like a minute late or something. Just, I, don't, I don't sit here and have to breathe myself into being here. I'm here already. A preparation would be a mistake. Tell you the truth. It would be relying on something else than having faith in mind. Faith in mind allows you to walk into anywhere. In what your mental state would warn you as being unprepared and be totally utilized for an event. Over and over and over again. 
That's why I have faith in mind. I have faith. That's why we don't do intensive the retreats. Because I don't think it's necessary. I think you're, you, ha- you are that which we're attempting to imply. You know how much we fall for what isn't actually so? But this is so. You know? And I believe if it just gets in there, if it gets delivered, the mind does the rest. If you go at home and entertain it, not think about it, but entertain it, some stuff will have landed. Some stuff will already be cooking. And then you'll find its effects bleeding like from behind the canvas. You won't see it coming at you. It'll change what's seeing coming. Yeah. Like a thief in the night, like Jesus said. You'll wake up and a lot will be missing, but you'll be happy for it. Like a thief in the night, the kingdom of heaven will come. When you least expect it, because it's already there. It's like when I stayed at my friend Rob's house, I thought he lives with his in-laws. I thought they were away. They were there the whole time. They were just asleep. <laughs> so I spent a whole lifetime in their house, and I didn't even, they didn't even notice. Because they got up to go to work before I got up, and we left the next day before they got home. It was weird. And he said, oh yeah, they've been home the whole time. I said, why? Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, it just seemed strange to me. I didn't see them. They own the house and everything like that. You know, I was like, wow, that's fucking weird. I could do, I, then I got the idea. I, I could probably do it at a lot of houses. <laughs> that's a good idea. I could go there, maybe after their bedtime, sleep, but get up before they, you know, and leave and no one would be the wiser. <laughs> I could go to Toronto with, and that budget would be gone. I could use that money for lattes and shit. <laughs> it just seemed weird. It did. Like the people, you know, I never met them. Oh, oh, they've been home the whole day. I said, what? Really? Oh, yeah. We like planned, they planned my coming without underneath their noses and I was going to escape before five. <laughs> this is, this is, I don't know, it was weird. The weird thing. So... <laughs> like a thief in the night. It's so surprising me because it's apparent when I when I'm hanging out with everyone. It's apparent to me, you know. <laughs> it's apparent to me that, that you know it's like that old profile harem song, you know, shine on brightly. It's different than the Pink Floyd one. Shine on brightly. It's already the case. You know? So I want to listen. This gets really interesting, this one. I really like this flavor. He starts describing something. Uh, This is it right here. Yeah, this is beautiful. So here, when one attempts to practice this conviction by putting attention on the feelings of being or the sense of presence, that's it, yes? That the, at, so what happens? I, because the crease, I can't read it. Now. All right. So the thoughts and, desi- and desires will initially continue to grow at their normal rate, but 
if, if this attention is maintained over a period of time, the density of thoughts, this is beautiful, the density of thoughts decreases, and in the space between them emerges the clarity. The stillness and the peace of pure being, occasionally the stillness and this peace will expand and intensify until a point is reached where no effort is needed to sustain the awareness of being. So it gets established, yeah? The attention merges, merges imperceptibly with the being itself. So the attention and the interest finds its own home. And the occasional stray thoughts no longer have the power to distract. They come, but they, in other words, you'll, listen, you'll still hear them, but you won't be listening to them. It's different, yeah? You'll hear the thoughts because you're awake, but you won't listen to them because you're awake. <laughs> and I'm saying, you already is. In other words, the solution is already applicable. It's already there. And may, all you need is acquiesce, and in time you'll see it play out. When this point of surrender has been reached, all the ignorant misperceptions which constitute the illusory self have disappeared. But this is not the final state of realization because the misconceptions are only in suspension and sooner or later they can emerge again. This is what happens when people say they woke up and then they lost it. Yeah? They said, I, I had it and then I lost it. Have you ever heard that at meetings like this? People said, I had a, an awakening, but somehow I lost it. I don't know where I put it or whatever. You know what, I mean? <laughs> what drawer it's in? I don't know. I thought I was, had it in the spiritual drawer. Maybe it's in the sock drawer. I don't know. But I've lost it. Will someone help me? You know? <laughs> so, the, he says, Ramana has stated that the final definite elimination of ignorance is a matter for self. The big S, spirit, grace. Yeah? So in other words, this can only be carried certain far, certain point, and then grace is the rest. Grace is the bridge. So, which, but this is not the final state of the Brahmana stated the final definite elimination of ignorance is a matter for spirit, let's say, or grace. He says that effort can only take one to a certain point, and then the grace takes over and takes one to the goal in the case of surrender. The initial effort is the shifting of one's attention from the world of thoughts to the feeling of being. When there is no attention on it, the mind subsides, revealing the being from which it came. Then in some mysterious way, the spirit eliminates the residual ignorance and realization dawns. Ramana summed it up all very neatly when he said, just keep quiet, and Bhagavan will do the rest. Or like Ramana is famous for saying, to know God is to be God. <coughs> so to know God is to be God. In the mental state, to know God is to become a knower of God. That ain't it. Right? To know God is to be God. Yeah. So 
it's extremely relevant. Where is this? The shifting of attention is the ultimate act of surrender. It is an acknowledgement that the mind, its concepts and desires are all ignorance, and that involvement in and attachment to the ignorance is all that prevents a full awareness of reality. So we're devoted to the thoughts, basically, because we believe that they're ours or they're about us. That's how it worked with me. To me, the solution was a loss of interest into the, in the systems that are supporting the fallacy of being a self. Yeah? There's a self cannot stand on its own merit because it doesn't have any merit. Yeah? There is no self. So it stands on a claiming or, a, or a, an acquiring or a commandeering of a lot of faculties like feelings, thoughts, actions, perceptions, and by claiming them, it makes up a story that these perceptions imply there's a seer and a seen. That these thoughts imply there's a thinker and a thought about. There's these feelings imply that there's someone who's having the feelings. And, and the actions is, are implying a doer. That's the bondage of self. Yeah? The bondage of self is an activity. It was never an event. It never happened. It can only seem to continually happen. It never happened. You, were, you and I have never been bound. In a sense, therefore, there's no need to be free because we already are. The only idea of bondage is just seemingly so. It has to have you believing in it to appear to be so. If your believing in it is withdrawn, you'll see it as false evidence appearing real. You'll just see it as false evidence. Yeah. Now, you're hearing them, you're not listening to them. Now the pause becomes the, the center of direction instead of the thoughts. The silence becomes the center of direction instead of the thoughts. You're led, in a sense, you're lived by, you're drug-driven, you're navigated by another modality. And then you'll know the difference by the fruits. To me, it's stabilized as a traveling lighter here in this life for a long time now. And surprisingly, to the mental state, it didn't change the geography of my life, but it allowed me to travel lighter over it all. You know? The blissful ideas that I'll always be happy every second of the day or blissed out and nothing will ever happen to me ever again was just magical thinking, rooted in magical thinking. Yes? This is definitely what's going to happen to the action figure is going to happen, but you'll travel lighter through it. Yes? You'll, you'll hear the thoughts, maybe you won't hear a lot of them because they do dis, they get dis, diminished, but you won't listen to them. Yeah? Thoughts will not comply with an action. They'll just be thoughts seen, and they actually be used to say one thing, I'm not that. Yeah? So, if you need a reminder, your own perceptions will be reminding you all day, because you're constantly being things that, seeing things that cannot be perceived. Yeah. So, instead of laying the emblem of authority onto this, you'll suspend that little coronation, and the real king will appear. Unfortunately, there won't be much fanfare. <laughs> no one may not even notice. <laughs> haven't you seen the change in me? No, I haven't. You're the same asshole Paul I've known for 20 years. Wow. Nothing's changed? No. Because people are going to keep seeing you as they see you. Yeah? You're an object. 
This is always going to be a you to you. Yeah? I beg to differ and say it's me, but in fact, you'll never see me as a me. You'll always see it from a me and see this as a you. Yeah? That was my big problem when I got to programs in, a, in a recovery, because while they knew exactly what the you needed, which was like big boot up its ass, I kept begging the differ because it's me. I really, I don't belong here, really. I'm not like every one of the other clients, you know. I'm fucking supremely different. No, you're not. You're a run-of-the-mill junkie, and we know exactly what you need to do to get some relief, and it worked. And all the while, I was contesting and arguing, because it's me. Don't you see? I'm different. <laughs> Don't you see? You never had the thoughts I've had. You've never felt like I have. I know you've never done the heinous things I've done. There's no way I can be helped because you can't understand. <laughs> That's what happened when I went to AA first. Going to AA had a real thick shell of terminal uniqueness. Unbelievably so. <laughs> I really, man, I was I was like living in an M and M. You know what I mean? I was fucking. I mean, the chocolate had melted, and I was in a sea of fucking shit with a big casing around me. I couldn't. I couldn't break through part of the M. You know? It's me. M and M and M and M and M and M. Me, 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 me. They didn't see the, the E that was really small. They had the big M, but there was an E right behind it. Me, 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 me. So I'm sitting there, and, you know, at a meeting of recovery, we people share. They share their feelings, their thoughts, and their reactions to life. So I was sitting there for a couple of months, taking it in. And then I came to two conclusions after a few months of listening. I said, how did these people get my thoughts or they're not my thoughts? This was a great revelation because soon as I saw that the thoughts may not possibly be mine, I needed the crutch of calling them alcoholic thoughts, but it allowed me to discern that they weren't mine, that they, I, they, I was not the doer of those thoughts because how could everyone else have the same ones? How could you call something mine if everyone has it? Yeah. So this was an incredible, it produced so much space. It didn't produce, it allowed so much space to get between what I am and who I thought I was. Instead of having who I thought I was pasted on what I am, it was moved out so I could get a sense of what I am by seeing what I wasn't. Yeah? So the first signal of that was seeing thoughts and calling them alcoholic thoughts. And then I started to get relief from them. And why stop there? Because people were sharing their feelings. They sure sounded like my feelings. And they had done the heinous things I'd done. And worse things. So I realized, Jesus Christ, I have like a fucking foreign installment. I've got like a, 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 like a space suit helmet on that's broadcasting the same Mars to everybody. <laughs> We've, we're on this imaginary journey. We haven't left like Jim's garage, but we got this virtual reality and we see the strange Mars and no one else in our family can see it's Mars. 
But other alcoholics can see it's bad. <laughs> yeah, you see, that's why we drink. It's look at that. Oh, I know, it's fucking terrible. The visor never get. You never even feel around for the visor. <laughs> I gotta get help in here. Well, just a oh, what? Oh yeah. What? I can unscrew this. What? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> see what happens if you have what you call problems. The mental state's quite invested in them. The story is you do anything to get out of them, but you actually won't. Because the mental state's mining it. It's got gold in those hills. It, got, it has gold in resentments. It gets to be right about a lot of shit. Yeah? It's got its own agenda that we're not privy to. Yeah? It'd rather be, it'd rather be right and alone than be happy, joyous, and free. I swear. Yeah? Because look at when someone who's an addict, where they end up. They end up fucking alone, and they're right. And it does them absolutely no good. So you, don't, you think that's the only addicts there are? Our alcoholics and drug users? This mental state is addicted to the idea of being self. It's addicted to it. You don't need 5,000 thoughts a day to navigate a day in Toronto. Really? Really. You don't need 3,000 thoughts. You don't need maybe 100 thoughts. There's a lot of thoughts going on because they're being used to constantly imply that you're the thinker. And because it isn't so, it has to work overtime to appear to be so. It has to use whatever it can to use that to infer that there's someone there for there to be the feeling or sense that there's someone there. It has to be generated. It can't generate itself. It doesn't have its own engine. It needs our interest and attention. It's like sneaking up on the side of our car and siphoning the gas as we're sitting there, you know, to fuel its little trip. And yet we're usually lovingly giving it over. I mean, who would you follow? Who would you follow thoughts about that go five years back? Maybe your kids. That's about it. If you knew these thoughts were about Stanley, there's no fucking way you would be sitting here all day worrying or concerned about what happened to Stanley five years ago. There's no freaking way. But you'll keep going down however long the path is if you're at the end of it. Now, if you're the part of the goal, that, that, that fucking mental rainbow, you're on it. You're sitting here thinking, going over, you know, my whole life would have been different if I would have turned left on Richmond that day. But I went to Subodina and fuck. I met that guy that I married and got divorced and now I'm stuck with alimony and Jesus Christ. On and on. And it's so it's just entrancing, isn't it? Because why? If you saw someone else having the same thoughts and they try to share with you, you'd be bored stiff in a minute. But it's about you. The whole the whole magic of it is it's about you. We used to have that old one that story of having a movie. Like if we had a marquee at the desk down here, and we said, all right, Life of Paul, for tonight only. Yeah? So I bet you like maybe 40 Pauls would come, and a couple of women who went out with Pauls would come to be right about what an asshole Paul was. And they'd come in, and we'd be in this place, and they'd lock the doors, and they would be serving shitty jujubes and stales. But we don't care. It's about us. So we're all waiting to see the movie. Oh, it's going to be great. I'd love to go over it again. But I didn't, didn't do. Suddenly, they realize it's not about them. What happens? They want out. Yeah? 
The only one, the only Paul that's super intensely excited is the one that it's identified with. You're sitting there. Here comes the phone call. Is it my fairy princess? Did I get the job? Oh, look, I was so excited. Everyone's snoring, snoring. Because as soon as they saw it wasn't about them, they had no interest in it. That's the way it is with the thought system. If you can see it, what happened to me in recovery was the day, it was about my 11th year of sobriety. I had, a, I had one of those events <coughs> or whatever. And I was reading a lot of workshops in recovery from a book of AA and on a chapter called How It Works. And I did it every week, these fourth-step workshops. Yeah? And I had read it over and over again for, length, for years, you know, a lot of years. And then my mind moved, and I looked at the same words, but a whole different download happened. And it was this one statement that got me. It said, being convinced, which means to believe with certainty, being convinced that self manifested in various ways is what has defeated us. So in this statement, we're the us, and then there's this foreign installment or a parasitical movement or a mental preoccupation, whatever you, however you want to name it, if you, want to, if you need to name it at all. Let's just say a mental movement, an incessant mental movement, yes? That has manifested in many ways to defeat us. If we're clear about that, let's look at its common manifestations. Why? So that we can recognize what's defeating us. Yeah? And so in AA, the next paragraph, it says resentment is the number one offender. It kills more alcoholics than anything else. Resentment, which is to refeel something. Yes? So something that happens reminds you of something that you thought happened in the past, and you get angry. And then you get pissed at that person or that thing. Okay? So now, the way it says it, that resentment is a manifestation of self. Yes? In one's life. And that manifestation can defeat us. We're distinctly different. This self, manifested in various ways, is what has defeated us. Okay? Let's look at some of its common manifestations. Resentment is one of them, fears another, and acting out to get what you want is another one. We start with those. There's plenty more. Yeah? Okay? And it says, okay, now, looking at it, let's look at its common manifestations, and the first one we'll look at is resentment. And yet, most people who get to that page and start looking at it, what the, when they see the resentment and they start looking at the resentments, they call them their resentments. They say, these are my resentments. And then, okay, they move to the fear. They don't, they're not seen as fear, they're seen as my fears. Yeah? Yet, it says, they're manifestations of self. And we're us. In other words, I don't, we're, we're not saying anything, but we're not self. Yeah? Yet, we're claiming the expressions of self as ours. That's the act of being identified as what you're not. Yes? So, we're, I, we're claiming thoughts that are not ours to be ours. We're claiming feelings that are not ours to be ours. We're c- claiming perceptions that are not ours to be ours. We're claiming time to be ours. We're claiming bodies to be ours. We're claiming girlfriends and boyfriends to be ours. We're cl- claiming property to be ours. Yet, none of us have anything, in a sense. 
But the claiming of being the one who has it is the act of being bonded to self. So it's not about getting rid of the thoughts. It's about seeing, has there ever been a thinker? It's not about, I've got to change my feelings. It's about realizing they're not your feelings. And you know what will happen? They'll change in and of themselves. They all have a quality that we're stunting, and that quality is to come and go. They come and go. What's holding them in orbit is our gravitational pull. The addiction, the belief that they're about us keeps them revolving around us. This little idea begets tons of other ideas. It's like a barnacle can't find any anchor except on a rock or on a thing. And then it gets covered with barnacles, and then the barnacles seem to bother you. So what you want to do is get, get some of the barnacles removed. But the fact is, just remove the rock, and the barnacles have no place to grab onto. You're, the mental idea of you being a someone is the rock that all this shit's growing on. Just like if you had a waterway, there's the current of the water. You want to change the current of water, put something in it, like a rock. Then some of the water starts going around the rock, and some of the water is carrying a leaf, and the leaf gets stuck on the rock, and then more shit gets stuck, and twigs, and after a while, the, the water isn't even watering anymore. It's stagnant, and it's got this cover on it. It's got leaves and shit all around it, and it's all coagulated around one fucking thing, the rock. That's what it is like to be identified as a body. The thoughts find a home. The feelings get stuck. All, like, all this stuff starts growing on you. And you grow stories, and you grow mutations of neuroses, and you grow anxiety, and you grow mental illnesses, and you grow the inability to be right where you are. You'll grow the strength of what's not happening. will start becoming what's happening. What's not happening will override what's happening. This Saturday be, will be overridden by what happened last Wednesday for you or what you hope, what you're afraid will happen next week. It'll override every day you're in, the possibility of another day. You'll be totally displaced when it's an impossible, it's an impossibility for you to be displaced, yet you'll seem to be displaced. And then you'll yearn for a feeling of being open. And you'll yearn for this moment. And you'll yearn for the presence. But every time you entertain it from selfing, it'll be a conceptual idea you're trying to grab. You want to look like you're awake. You want to feel like you're present. The presence is our inherent absence. Inherent absence. Nothing has to disappear us. We've never fucking appeared. We're just seeming to appear. There's only one reality, there's only reality, and we're that. And through identification as what we're not, we're lending reality to all these freaking things. And then those things bite us in our unreal fucking ass. And then we find someone else that is bit and we have a commiseration with them with big phone bills and we get to be right. Do you know who, you know who, what, who and who did? Oh yes, I do. I've done it myself. Man, it's such a blast to have a good, you know, some good news, yeah? That there's not even a need for a solution. 
You must be four now, eh? <laughs> Is it six? Yeah. <laughs> it's six, really? <laughs> Let's do the math. That means I can extract two hours from tomorrow. <laughs> can I be done with tomorrow if we go to eight? Let's go to eight. <laughs> Uh, tomorrow, you know what happens? You should ask these people in the front. They've been at these things before. It can build up. Mm. Mm. You may get cooked. <laughs> <laughs> we had a poor lady last year. She wasn't... Uh, she hadn't been that open. I don't think she had been introduced as anything like this. And she started to have a, like a psychic break. At the end of the event, <laughs> oh, was, I had to give, give her to Tanya because Tanya's like a soothing rock. And I said, Tanya, take care of her because <laughs> she was losing it. <laughs> she was losing what she wasn't. <laughs> she, we all saw it as great news, but she was in a calamity, you know. <laughs> what does this all mean? I'm lost in Yes, you're on it. <laughs> with it. <laughs> it's going to get better. <laughs> Just don't act out and don't die. It's going to get great. <laughs> so really, is it six? Three. Three? Three? Oh, three? <laughs> oh, gosh, I'm all right, all right. Let me just take a minute break and gather those. <laughs> yeah, get up and stretch. Take your time. <laughs> hey, I'm going to mention something. I don't know a lot about the, the addiction recovery world or anything, but it struck me yesterday that you mentioned how you're still very involved in it. Yeah, that brings up very Yeah, most alcoholics are very sensitive. They're very sensitive. Yeah. Because it's, it, it, 
the place rubs with so they they not they don't have a thick enough skin so then you have to build up defenses and so some of them are getting rid yeah. so near in these meetings you probably just not at this level necessarily no. in this way but you find that movement and some of the, the recovery oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Sort of and I convey it but with with the the, the language of that program yeah, so, yeah. I'm really amazed at some of the quotes you mentioned from I know they're awesome right? really I know uh, it's even unbelievable uh, that people you know, this human addiction is really it's interesting because you know, I think if any sane human would deny the fact that they've got some tendency for it in, in some way or another, uh, you can't see that mechanism in their mind, they probably find that themselves because of the, no. that, that propensity to be a Totally. That's the. That's if you want to say original. That's yeah. the original addiction. For sure. That's why right. all the other addictions are trying to get relief from that one. Yeah. So that's the one. So even when you deal with alcoholism, you don't completely deal with the like, obsession. So, yeah. so, so, well, you definitely understand your compassion. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a tough. This is. You know, I thought when I first. This stuff started dawning and I shared it at group levels. You know, I had a, some vague thoughts that would be uh, received in a nicer way. I've run into a lot of resistance. A lot of it. But it's true, I did. And so, I think now, like, whatever that wisdom is, has done it in a slicker way. So, so, let's say they hear me speak. I mean, they love it. When I tell them to go to Zen Vichy, I never see it again. <laughs> <laughs> right. Literally. Yeah, yeah. It's more than that's what you do. So, yeah, basically. So, it's just like any other group. It has its own defenses, its own dogma, fundamentals. And they have it with a really weird statement, which is you introduce them to some other idea, and it's not a... It's not a yeah, it's, it's incredible, but it's, it's just like the parasite protectors. It doesn't want to be destroyed. So, or whatever, you know, you get to be used for a while. And the feeling gets to be Yeah, hey, you know what, Tanya, I may have a good idea. No, we do, and most of the people are going to come back. Maybe we'll leave early and we'll give them a discount. Cheaper. I just don't want to keep doing it because it gets to be overdoing. Because it's like I have like an automatic spigot closer, and I like to honor it, you know. But because uh, it goes over and over, I don't want it to cross the line of an invitation into a dissertation. It just gets because to me that's stale. Feel feel the feeling. But. This is the one thing I dread in my career. Is Toronto is too big. Because it's just, 
It's just too much to go over. Yeah, just the hours. Yeah, it just gets too much. Well, I'm going to do questions now to throw time on you. But I don't particularly like questions. I like to limit them in a way. Because when I used to go to people who spoke, the questions usually turn into therapy. I don't particularly this. I have no problem with therapy, but this isn't a yeah, this isn't this is a this isn't a therapy. Yeah. Yes, you want to stay on point, and it's easy to deviate. And if you give an inch, and you ever see a like a meeting that hijacked, you know? or let's say you hear the person speak and you like that, and this, the questions usually turn into relationship questions, and it goes on, you know. It's, and it, it, like the horse gets uh, away from the master, it's like running. There's ways to keep it sort of clean, and I've learned over the years. So where I where I live and have meetings, they never no one dares to ask questions. <laughs> he was there. They're all like well trained. <laughs> <laughs> I think your I think your intuition's right on. What? Uh, the you know the vibe in the room. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I'm gonna come back tomorrow. What? All right, we'll yeah, yeah, we'll give you a discount tomorrow. No problem. All right, bro. I think so too. But we do it because uh, usually it has to do with money. But I don't think we're not. I don't know if we're paying rent this time. Yeah. I know. I'm gonna have to get some plastic. I didn't. I didn't take this into consideration. But I made my my uh, travel arrangements. So. so yeah, we'll. Uh, I think we'll do that. Hey, you know what I think we'll do? Everyone's going to come back tomorrow. If you do, we'll give you a discount. Don't you feel like it's done? I feel like it's done today. Yes? Yeah, yeah. And I guarantee I'll go over, I'll go to four. Yeah, we're going to call it quits. Unless you want to do some questions. Do you want to do that now? You have a question? All right, yeah. We have one question. <laughs> one short question. All right. Can you speak up a little so we can hear your question? Okay, I'll try. Um, the whole letting go, when to let go, to, to be, to let go. Yeah. Can you explain that a little Well, let's take it a step back. Is there anyone holding on? There's something holding on. I don't, think, I don't know what it is. It's not really in anyone. Well, let's just say, perhaps it's not you. Yeah, I don't think it's me. So then, for you never held on. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't so therefore, there's no need to let go. Uh, you see where the surrender is? The surrender is surrendering the idea that there's anyone to surrender. You see? You see how this all works? It's trying to take us a step farther back that we're not used to. Because the mental dance has its own rhythm and it has a beginning and end. And its logic is, if there's a noting of an action, there must be an actor. 
If there's a noting of a thought, someone must be thinking it. If there's a feeling, someone must be having it. This is this logical reaction, yeah? Of a very illogical system. It's totally insane, and it's a failed system. So what we want to do is, this whole, there is a huge business based on letting go. We're trying to preempt everything by going into, has there been any holding on, actually? Is there any one holding on? Yeah. Because once you let go, you'll find that you're holding on again, sooner or later, yes? And then now you're in the business of letting go, based on the premise that you can hold on. You see? So the business thrives because the initial miscue isn't being noticed. There's an assumption there's you that's holding on. There's something that's holding on, and it's either some distant cousin or it's you. <laughs> you have some kind of alliance with it. Therefore, it's dictating how it's like to be holding on. And letting go, it seems like, to be the right, appropriate move in that dance. Yeah. But the, the, it's the escape from the whole dance. Not that you learn better moves. Because you'll be tap-toe and tap-dancing the rest of your fucking life. You'll go through tons of shoes. You know what I mean? This is like going prior. What the hell? Who came up with the idea that you're holding on? Is there anyone holding on? You see? That's where it is. The, the freedom is prior to the bondage. Letting go is after the bondage. So you're seemingly bound to something, and now you want to let it go. So that's... That's a, rea- that's a mental reaction to the false idea of being bound. That it, the strategy, if I'm bound, is to let go of what's binding me. It sounds great, yeah? But what happens is it promotes finding or realizing something else is being held on to, which may take longer to let go. And then there's the big ones I didn't even know I was holding on to. That's maybe a lifelong process of letting these go, yes? It goes, one begets the other. The holding on begets the letting go. The letting go begets the holding on. We want to sort of cut that dualistic chain from getting any linkage. And it's not about cutting it after the necklace has already been formed. You want to get it before the clasp has been locked on your throat. You want to see it and see it for what it is, which is, has nothing to do with you. So the, the relief from hold, letting go is from realizing no, you, there's no one that's held on. Yeah. Then the necessity to let go is dismissed. What do you get left with? A lot of time and a lot of fucking relief. Jesus Christ, I have, don't have to go through that process again and again and again. And what happens? People like the process. They feel good when they let go. So they busily go into and study other places they're holding on to. Yeah? And it looks like, oh, I found a historical thing I've been holding on to. You know when that arose? Right at that moment, you found it. <laughs> and it had tons of volume stuck to it. As soon as you, oh, you, you imagine the cover, the whole book appeared. We conjure up history. The mental state can't gather enough relevance out of this moment. It has to find relevance in your lengthy appearance in the past and your future prediction of being in the future. Yes? Go prior to what's letting go. See if there's ever been the holding on. 
If it's not you that's holding on, why do you, why do you behold into the, to, to the endeavor of letting go? Maybe you let go of the idea that you're holding on. Yes? You let go of the idea that you ever held on. And, that, and that's that. It cuts the whole fucking chain of cause and effect, cause and effect. Letting go, holding on, holding on, letting go, letting go, holding on. Yeah? This is what we're attempting to do. Throw a, wor- throw a wrench in the works. Derail the train. Not learn how to slow it up. You know? Not learn how to put bigger windows in it and maybe better scenery. But actually, don't get on the train. Then you don't need to have strategies. How am I going to get off a 30 mile per hour moving train? It's probably going to hurt. It probably will. But what happens if you realize you never enter the train? Then you don't have to prepare for where you know you're going to end up on the train because you ain't going there. Yeah? It abrupts everything. Timelessness is the solution. Timelessness is the solution of every problem in time. Timelessness is the solution to it. Yeah? Most of the stuff that's bothering us comes from what's not happening. Literally. It's being brought up through thought, yeah? Through recollection, through memory to become something to us right now so that we can use that problem to be a reflection of the one who has the problem. That's all it's being used for. Everything that's arising is being used to be a, a, a reflective surface that we can see ourselves in. This is the obsession, the addiction to selfing. That's what it is. If you leave it alone, it comes and goes. But if you have a mental use for it, yeah, you'll put it to use and it will enslave you in a sense. Only oh, seemingly so, but it will seem as real as real can be because it's the reality that's playing the role. Thank God it's over. <laughs> she let go. <laughs> she finally let go. <laughs> she gets a book, a free book. <laughs> See how easy it is? Who wants to be next? <laughs> Come up here. <laughs> I got a plan for you. <laughs> I was hoping it would happen at Sunday. Sometimes it hatches early. That's why I wanted to end. <laughs>
I was looking out for my business. <laughs> I'd become obsolete. <laughs> Fuck, I should have known that. None of you getting released until tomorrow. None of you. <laughs> We're going to go rehash some problems. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Tanya, you better administer. <laughs> Tanya's my nurse's aide. She's a rock, so you take care of her, all right? Make sure she donates before she goes. <laughs> 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 it's so easy. What a relief. You just fucking laugh. That's what happened for months with me with the Course in Miracles. I just laughed my balls off. It described the, the mental house so perfectly. I just couldn't believe it. That I'd been paying rent to that place. It's <laughs> like fucking unbelievable. And I didn't even get a porch. I no view. And crowbars in the windows. So yes, you see priorness, priorness, priorness. If one gets one gets if one sneaks in, then businesses get produced. Yes? One foot in the door and then giant business opportunities happen. To offer a service to get relief. Producing another sense of dependency, yes? Have you ever thought of um, reinvention course for people who find it to, um, like, yeah. to understand? Yeah. Well, we tried to do a little of it today. There was a guy who did it, but I prefer the way you do it because it's more practical. Hmm. Yeah, I've been doing it for four years. So oh, yeah. It's just, yeah, it's a tough... I find it, I find it very, very... Um, yeah, it's a tough road to slog through. It can be. I get the point of it, but I mean... It may be helpful to do it with others. And if you do it, if you speak yeah. it out loud with someone, there's a yeah. cadence that's also trippy. Yeah. It'll yeah. affect your brain waves. We had a you know? Did you notice that? It's yeah. I am a... Iambic hmm? pentameter or something? Hmm? It's, it's iambic pentameter. Is it? Yeah, yeah. There's a certain cadence that yeah. it does it, so it has a, an effect. But it should be done with others, I think. I think <coughs> with others, but we're all dumb in a way, in the same way. So we're yeah, together. yeah, yeah, yeah. We need somebody. There has to be somebody. Yeah, somebody, a leader, somebody who can help out to. Yeah. Well, if you have a course group next time I come, I'm more than happy to share that. Well, we'll organize something. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I, I enjoy. It. I like the course people. Yeah. You know, I had. A, that's what happened in New York. <laughs> I went there. It was fun. Don't become a, a fucking disturbance. Of <laughs> <laughs> the camera's going over to you now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I, you know, I I had an idea, but I just don't have the the interest. My action figures are slacker, really. <laughs> I try to find the easiest walk the way. I swear, I just, it's just—it's not me, so I have no problem. All you need is the idea. There's more people with the, you know, the rest of it that you need to put it together. Yeah, exactly. So, like, that's why we—my friend brought it today, and I could riff on that one paragraph. 
So maybe if I see a highlight at the house tonight, I'll try to see some others that I like. I like riffing on it, yeah. But it can be if you start trying to teach from it, it can seem to be a, a rough slog. It's, yeah. It seems very conceptualized, you know. It can be. But when you're reading it, it doesn't have that effect on me at all when I'm reading it. But I can see when you say it with others, yes. it can get a little, yeah. yeah. I like having fun with it, not as a serious thing. Oh, definitely, for sure, for sure, man. Then it becomes a thing. Hmm? Then it becomes a thing. Totally, totally, exactly. No, I, I was, yeah, I've had a, I had a blast with it. Like I said, we do three day like intensives, and I just laugh my balls off the whole day. I mean, it was unbelievable what a relief it was to hear that I, what I wasn't. <laughs> Man, it was really very, very, very relieving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the testimonial meeting. Oh, we're getting this recorded. Yes, that laugh track is really true. The students pass the teacher. What? Any more questions? That went well. Any more questions? Yeah. On desire. I've been trapped by or seduced in the past by my goals or desires or ambitions. So I've mm-hmm. worked on releasing them. But I am now picking up this action figure. Mm-hmm. So yeah. sort of saying, oh, when can you live a miraculous life without being and and or appreciate the miraculous moments? You know, and the real miracle is to change consciousness of being present without being attached to the action figure. Well, just if you dissect how you said it, see, the language is implying that you were the one who had, there was a you that was having the desires and the you that were having the goals, right? This is what we're attempting to point out. Yes. This is like the unseen trance that's being applied every day. The language and... The sound you hear thoughts as language, yeah. Well, even the American dream is like you know. So if you just took your statement and we transcribed it, we could break it down, and you could see that in the hearing of it, just vaguely hearing it, it's it's just a proclamation that you're the one who had desires and you're the one who had the dreams, and that seems to be the trouble. Yeah. 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 So here's your solution. There wasn't you. There isn't a you that has the desires. There's just the desires that, in a mental way, have you. Okay. Yes. The desires are being used to have a you. Yeah. The mental state claims the desires and it uses it to have a you. Yeah. In other words, and the, and then the dreams are being used to have a you. Who has the dreams? You see. So the mental state comes up, notes the desires, claims them, and now uses them to imply that there's one who has the desires. Yes? This is the birth and the death of selfing all day. And it's going unnoticed and passed around through our language. We're sitting around talking all day, and 
we're implying that we have a lot to do with shit we have nothing to do with. Yes? So like a simple statement of, I, I hurt my knee in the water. It sounds like I went out with a hammer and I waited, you know, and I hit my knee. You know, it's, I hurt my knee. It sounded like I had a big role in it when all I, I had nothing to do with it. I was busily flopping around and then the knee went out. Yeah? That's actually what happened. But that's not how it's held or said. It's usually said as it implies you had something to do with it, yeah? And how fucking stupid can you be to hurt your fucking knee? You love to surf, now you haven't surfed for a year and a half. It's fucking because of you, you asshole. Stop hurting your knee. Well, in fact, I never hurt my knee. But your knee is hurt. I'm not disclaiming that. But I didn't... No, if your knee's hurt, you had something to fucking do with it. No, how's, how does that come to be true? Well, it just seems that way. Well, I'm not buying that. Well, then they go and go, you know what? Paul hurt his knee. <laughs> and every person you meet, oh, I heard you hurt your knee. Fuck, no, I actually didn't hurt my knee. My knee gave out in the water. Oh, I heard you hurt it. Well, <laughs> the results are the same, but I didn't do it. Oh, that's not what I heard. No, I was there. I was there. I didn't hurt the knee. I hate to break the news to you, but the knee is hurt. I don't care on this. How can the knee be hurt without you doing it? See, that's the thing. How can there be thought without a thinker? How can there be feelings without a feeler? How can there be actions without an actor? I don't believe that. There's got to be an actor if there's an action. That's its logic. And it's faulty. Actions happen. Deeds, like Buddha supposedly said, events happen. Deeds are done, but there's no individual doer thereof. Is there an intention? Like, that is also present in all those principles? And... Yeah, okay, well, solving, you know, world hunger, increasing production, like mindfulness and all, so like that, next steps, like we're present, we're having a grand time here right now, and we all go back to whatever our lives are, and what we, you know, think or feel we're up to in terms of, okay, how am I, you know, how am I contributing or serving in the world? Well, you know how they try to do it with Buddhism? I didn't think it went that well. Engaged Buddhism. Like engaged social Buddhism. This would be, try to engage social non-duality. It's really difficult. So, if you have the predilection to help, like I come from, the action figure is involved with AA, which means service is paramount. Yeah? But that's the seed assignment. Other groups like this, and service is never mentioned. Service. But coming from AA, service is the lifeblood of AA. So if you're moved to do it, then you'll be doing it. If you're not moved to be doing it, you won't. Seriously. And none of it matters, it's just whatever we're, we're choosing. Yeah, and what do you think of choosing? <laughs> That's something, maybe you should ask that question today. Yeah. And don't look for an answer, just see what shows up. Yeah? See what shows up. <laughs> well, tomorrow when there's, if there's a question I'm going to say ask her <laughs> you're going to be my answer giver you're now ordained you're the answer giver go ahead ask her 
She can't be interrupted. She's, this is <laughs> yep. I'm sorry, Oz. I thought it was over, but they had they had different plans. The water that we can drown is the same water that we that can surf us. Yeah. So um, surfing is a lot easier than drowning. It's all about it's it's sort of like I did the snake and thing, the snake and the uh, the skin and the snake. Yeah. I did that. It's exactly like that. There is a possibility of of a of a two point of views. Really, you can see from self, or you can see self. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can see what's manufacturing the smoke and mirror, or you can look from there. And there'll be two different results, and there'll be two different worlds, and there'll be you'll see things differently just from that simple shift. Yeah, that's all. If thoughts are abstained from. Then you're then you're directed by another modality that's not based on self. Let's say it's instead of self-centered, it's centered, yeah? and being everywhere at all times, it's centered wherever you seem to be, and therefore that's where intuition, wisdom comes through. Yes, and now you don't need to know; you'll find out. Yeah? Things work out. You just put your your foot up, and a stair appears. You have an assurance through uncertainty. That's where you feel totally secure. Is in, in a way, when we're talking about the holding on and letting go, it's sort of like that idea of falling, and you want to grab onto something. And if you get thwarted grabbing onto something, you'll realize your hands are wings, basically, and that will you'll start flying in the unknown, so to speak. Yeah? Instead of trying to grab some solid thing through it, you'll let go in a way. <laughs> and then the holding that the hands will finally be seen as wings and you'll fly. Sort of like that. We're attempting to have a different life in a field of the same possibilities, self centeredness. Every one of us have covered every inch of self centeredness. We probably begin we've probably used every one of the formulas self centeredness provides to get happy, to find success, to do this or to do that. And basically, it's a failed system. It's not producing a sense of ease and comfort in our lives, is it? It just promotes more seeking. You become more driven. It's like everyone has a big hand that's pushing them out of this moment into the next bigger, better moment. Yeah? And it's like being on those, those moving s- sidewalks at the airports. You can't get off. They've got the fucking guardrails. You see something you really like to stop and see it, but you can't stop. Because this time is just pushing us to the next bigger, better moment. On and 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 on. It's slavery. We're enslaved to an idea. We cherish it, like they say in Buddhism. There's the cherishing of self. The cherishing of self. That's what it's like. It's like you made a little something up and it just goes over and over it. It goes over and over and over it all day. Yeah? Wishing it would be real. Wishing it would be real. Never being able to fulfill that wish. It's desire constantly thwarted and then mutating into more neuroses and more weird things. <laughs> yeah, look at this place. Watch what's going to happen with technology and selfie. Watch, watch in about 20 years 
what's going to happen. The mental state is going to it's going to like grow artificial limbs through technology. Can you? I've seen it. I've walked through parks, and there'll be a beautiful young girl sitting on a park bench with incredible birds and everything, and all she's doing is taking posed pictures of herself for 15 minutes. It's going to be a love affair with the image. The image seeing itself in images everywhere. Yes. Watch what happens. There's going to be therapists that all they do is that their whole business is based on technological addiction, let's say. I'm telling you right now. It's all on the way. I'm going to open, I'm going to become a therapist, I'm going to become a psychiatrist, (laughs) and my forte is going to be dealing with what's not happening. So I'm going to make, I'll have appointments, I can have about 80 of them a day, because when they think they're going to have an hour, and they come in and they start bitching about what's not happening, I'll say, hey, that's not happening. And that's it, so see you next week. What? Oh yeah. I thought I, I, I paid for an hour. Well, I dealt with your problem. No, you haven't listened. Why, why do I need to listen to what's not happening? I see it already. I can't see it, feel it, taste it, touch it. Hey, it's not happening. Well, you don't see it. Fine. Leave the check at the reception. What is most people disturbed by? What's not happening? Exactly. We think it's important. We really don't feel it's important. That's the disconnect. That's what that paragraph in the course was saying. The thing is, is, is communicating to itself. The mental state is communicating to the mental state. It's not communicating to what we are. It's con- communicating to what it thinks we are. That's why we don't understand it. That's why we don't understand. Why can't I enjoy this Saturday? That's why we can't understand why we keep buying the same movie and sit through it because we're so scared of being fucking bored. That's why all this stuff, it does, there's a huge disconnect. Yeah. Because the target isn't being found. It's right where that fucking thing's appearing to be. You are that which you're looking for. What you're looking for is what's looking. The seeker is the sword. It is the open secret. It's the gateless gate. What are they implying with those statements? You don't have to walk through any gate. There can't be a secret if it's open. It's right underneath our proverbial nose. We're so busy looking, we can't see it. Because the looking isn't for what we are. It's for what we're not. Perceptions support what we're not. The way we see, we see things. And we compare things. That's not, that's not communication for what we are. That's why you have those people who write books and they try to say the language of the heart. They're trying to say there's got to be another hookup, another communication system here. Hmm? Another place to attach. Well, whatever. <laughs> when you say communication of heart, you know, heart, emotions, you know, versus head, so like, is this... I didn't say, I just said there's some books called language yeah, of the heart. Okay. I, I don't speak to the organ. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't fucking... <laughs> 
You know, I don't. I don't think. Oh, it's a distance. It's a, the longest distance you'll ever travel from the head to the heart. I don't buy that. I think it's more the gut, really. Go down. Get where you really get it in the bowels. You know, what I mean? that's where you're convinced. Right there. Right in there. You're convinced there. Yeah. That and once you're convinced, it's like that's what happened with me. I listened like this. People point out to me that whole conundrum. They said, all right, you're busy looking for another meditation technique. Why not just stop and ask who's the meditator? You know, maybe you may not be in the business of shopping for meditation techniques if you're not that which thinks it needs to meditate so much. I did. I followed their suggestion. I went home. I entertained what they were saying. And it was difficult in a way because it's like you've been driving with only three, three gears. You didn't know there was a fourth gear. So it takes a little while to get it, trying it, but hey, you see, wow, the fucking car finally really drives when it gets put into fourth gear. I had no idea. Yeah? The habit is to go just depend on the three, but now you've had someone said, hey, you know, there's this, all right, we're both. And now it get, you, there's a familiarity to it. All right, I want to support that. Go to a talk. Not 800 talks. I went to a few talks. I read a few books, not libraries of books. Yeah? I didn't go on retreats because I had previously gone on retreats and I didn't want to buy that package anymore. So I said, I just entertained. My mind opened up and it, it hasn't stopped opening up. That's its nature. Its nature isn't to contract and then get stagnant. It's constant. It's like flowering all the time. Never ending. Yeah? Like an infinite unfurling of a flag. You become your own amusement, in a sense. The mind becomes sort of like a play partner or a life partner. Hmm? The mind becomes a bit more of a, a life partner or something. There's no one to partner with. No, That's the thing. The whole answer ladder is, is the mind. <laughs> you're, you're an afterthought. Yeah, I'm telling you. You know those movies? These movies used to bug me. These movies when a celestial being decides to become human, they give up their angelness to meet, like, uh, you know, Jennifer Aniston or something. Give me a fucking break. What celestial anything would leave eternity in bliss to come here? You know? Oh, but I want to marry this Jennifer. Yeah, but are you ready to go through the divorce? Because that's going to happen here. You know? What the hell? The self-centeredness is so extreme here. We think fucking angels would want to be us. <laughs> well, we want to get out every fucking day, but we're thinking we're the envy of the whole, whole shebang. Give me a break. We have smelly rear ends and farting and fucking... Ah. Oh, yes, that's a very us, like sublime little non-entity entity would want to be here. Or when someone's dying in the movie, and they're dying, and the person says, you can't do this to me. I'm sorry, I'm fucking up your weekend. I just had a heart attack. You, don't you understand? I have something important to do with you. I'm sorry. i got to break the oh. It's unbelievable. We're so immersed in self, we have no idea how deeply drenched we're in it. It's fucking honored here. <laughs> it just blows my mind. The angel thing really blows my mind. Oh, yes. 
I'm sitting on the prepuces of eternity and time. I think I want to jump in here. <laughs> 60 years? Oh, oh, yeah. I'll have a beer belly by 30. Oh, I'll be bald by 40. My pants won't fit. Ah, oh, sounds great. <laughs> won't have any wings to put under the shirt. I won't be able to be blissed out forever, but hey, who cares? That's nothing. I, I like to get approval from a nice looking babe. That's fucking great. Oh, sign me up. I'm going. I'm, take my wings. See you, God. Nice knowing you. That's the old that's the old that's the boogaboo. Oh yes, I'm here to learn lessons. No, uh, oh yeah, yeah, sure. When's my sentence over? I've got lessons, lessons, lessons. Your head will make up new lessons. You you get you get to the the root causes of all your family of origin problems. You get it all cleared. You'll start remembering your family of origin on Mars. The mind will just produce a whole other set of problems. It's a never-ending cornucopia of fucking shit it can bring up, and everything it brings up can have a historical feel to it. You don't see selfing wants you to be on a linear projection. It isn't. It's actually an afterthought that infers that it's prior to everything. It's in total denial that it's produced. And it wants you to feel like you're produced. It will promise that you'll be great, but it will never reveal the greatness that you are. But it will promise, if you listen to me and do what I say, you'll find out, end up being great, but you'll never, never recognize the greatness of you are through those eyes. Never. It cannot see what's seeing. It cannot mimic what's seeing. It cannot understand what's seeing. It cannot communicate to what's seeing. The seeing is supreme. Nothing comes before mind, big M mind. Everything appears before it, nothing comes before it. You are the Alpha and the Omega. You are the sort for all the seekers. You are what's looking. Not the you that's looking for. It's simple and direct. It can be repeated quite often. And I have faith that it's there already. So it's just a matter of time for it to be triggered. Once the cat's out of the bag, it can never be put back in the bag. Never. A glimpse tells the whole story. Just one tiny glimpse tells the whole story. Just be available to it. You know, entertain the possibility. See where it takes you.
if it takes you somewhere that seems cool, just allow, just keep entertaining. You know, stay open, and then you'll realize you're the openness that is receiving everything. You're the openness that is the space that's holding everything. Yeah, not as a glamorized you, but as what you're not. What you're not is seen not to be you, and that's what you are. So. That's it for today. I think I actually fulfilled my <laughs> my job. Thank you. <laughs> you are the great killer. Thank you. I drank a quarter soup. Mm. So, uh, and it was good. So, yes. Just want to remind people tomorrow if you want to park, you can park on the street. It's free parking, or we got the visitor parking. Um, some people were asking if they could leave.